A new bill could require Wisconsin's public and private schools to have emergency kits containing Narcan. It's Wednesday, May 24th. This is Wisconsin Today. Good morning, I'm Alex Crow. Coming up, Sean Johnson reports on what funding the legislature's budget committee wants to give Wisconsin's technical schools. And we've got the latest on the ongoing debate at the state capitol over how local governments are funded. Stay with us. You tune into Wisconsin Public Radio for news you can trust, conversations that draw you in, and music and entertainment that make your day better. The largest source of funding for everything you value on WPR is listener support. Join the team that makes WPR possible. Become a sustaining member. Make an ongoing monthly gift and share WPR with your entire community. It's easy to sign up at WPR.org. Wisconsin's public and private schools could be required to have emergency kits containing an overdose-reversing drug available at all times. Corinne Hess says more on the bill that would bring what is commonly known as Narcan into schools. Cade Reddington was an 18-year-old freshman at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee when he thought he took one Percocet. The pill turned out to be 100% fentanyl. Cade told a friend he felt yucky before dying. Cade's mom, Michelle Coleman, testified today at a Senate Committee on Education about installing Narcan boxes on school campuses. If Cade and his friends had been educated in high school that any drug not prescribed to you could contain a lethal dose of fentanyl, And if they knew about Narcan, and if it had been available in the dorms in the fall of 2021, they could have saved his life. School groups, including the State Department of Public Instruction, are opposed to the bill because of the cost. Corrine Hess, Wisconsin Public Radio. Milwaukee city and county leaders warned of dramatic cuts without help from the state at a public hearing yesterday on a bill that would boost aid to local communities. As proposed, the bill would send a portion of the state sales tax back to Wisconsin cities, towns, and villages for core services like first responders and police. Milwaukee and Milwaukee County would gain the power to raise local sales tax to pay down pension debt and preserve police and firefighter jobs. Eric Dawn is the president of the Milwaukee Professional Firefighters Association. He testified yesterday that the city's firefighting force has been decimated over the last two decades. It's become a quality of life issue for the firefighters, and not just the firefighters, but the citizens we're sworn to protect. This bill gives us the ability to slow down the bleeding. When I say slow down the bleeding, it's actually going to give us the ability to save more lives. Republicans in the assembly passed their version of the bill last week and have said they're done negotiating. But Senate Republicans say talks are still ongoing. The legislature's budget committee voted yesterday to boost state funding to Wisconsin's technical schools. But as Sean Johnson reports, the increase was far less than Governor Tony Evers wanted to give them. Evers called for increasing state funds to the Wisconsin Technical College system by about $66 million. Republicans approved about $9 million. Republican Representative Mark Bourne, who co-chairs the panel, called it a good investment within the context of the larger budget. We're not going to build a budget on um, fake numbers like the governor kind of does, built on sand. But Democrats, like Senator Kelda Roy's of Madison, called the money disappointing. You can't say you care about our workforce quantity shortage if we're providing um, such paltry funding to 
one of the most important economic engines of our state. Technical colleges asked for increased funding this year to improve student supports like child care. Sean Johnson, Wisconsin Public Radio. Underserved communities will be able to access $30 million in environmental justice grants for restoration work in the Great Lakes region under a new federal program. The grants are funded through a Great Lakes cleanup program with money from the bipartisan infrastructure law. The funding seeks to advance restoration projects in communities overly burdened by pollution. Chris Korleski is the director of the Great Lakes National Program Office with the Environmental Protection Agency. He says the program aims to ease barriers for communities seeking funds by passing money through other entities. They're the ones that the communities would actually apply to for direct funding for the actual um, implementation of Great Lakes restoration and protection projects. Korleski says the grant program makes it easier for communities to access money. Nonprofit groups, local governments, states or tribes are eligible to apply. The EPA is accepting applications until early August. Coming up, we've got a story from Wisconsin Life about Korean Shijo poetry. Stay with us. Our world gets more complex all the time. You rely on WPR to turn complicated issues and the news of the day into understandable language. This essential service that you count on relies on your support. It's the largest source of our funding. If you've never given before, make a contribution now of, say, $10 a month at 888-202-2552 or WPR.org. And finally, it's time for Wisconsin Life. Here's producer Maureen McCullum with a story about a specific type of poetry. Shijo is a form of poetry that originated in Korea about 700 years ago. And today, it's gaining popularity right here in Wisconsin, as educators have established an annual Wisconsin Shijo competition. Sami Kim recently talked with some of the organizers about their love of the art form. Clouds stand still. They look painted on the canvas of the blue sky. Soft grass tickles my arms and legs. Birds chirp loud. Not loud enough to drown out the screams and yelling of my parents inside the house. Shijo is a three-line poetic form out of Korea. I am Elizabeth Jorgensen. I've taught at Arrowhead Union High School for the past 18 years. There's a theme. Line one is the introduction. Line two is the development. And then line three always has a twist and then a conclusion. So it was a popular form of poetry among the literary elite, often used to express the struggles of everyday life. I'm Lucy Park, one of the founders and the executive director of the Sejong Cultural Society. There is a basic fixed format. It is very rhythmical. And even now, we made some Sejo songs into a hip hop. Everything my students do in my classroom, we send to writers markets. And that's where I came upon the Shejong Cultural Society. They host a Shijo competition. Dr. Lucy Park reached out to me and she said, 
Whatever you're doing in your classroom is working. In 2008, Harvard University contacted the Sejong Cultural Society and suggested starting a Sejong competition for pre-college students. This was the first time we learned that Sejong poetry could be written in English, and it was a truly enlightening experience for us. My students were doing really well. They were placing in the Sejong Cultural Society's competition. You have no idea where it's going to lead you. But if you put in effort, those rewards are going to be bigger than anything you could ever have imagined for yourself. So I wrote a poem about the moon. And then I thought about my mother and father. My mother passed away, and my dad passed away. Moon. I saw the pale crescent moon when I learned of mom's passing. Half moon smudged by the night cloud gazed at me when dad departed. Dear moon, with your caressing smile, who are you comforting tonight? 어머니 떠나신 날 쳐다본 창백한 초승달. 아버지 가신 날에 본 얼룩진 반달. 오늘 밤 온화한 미소로 저 다른 누굴 위로하나. How can we get people to know and appreciate um, East Asian culture? And I had said, you know, what, what about Shijo? Could it be our window? So for children, we want to uh, educate them to become a global citizen. We can bridge the gaps that divide us. Sami Kim brought us that story on Shijo, a traditional Korean poetry form. Wisconsin Life is a co-production of Wisconsin Public Radio and PBS Wisconsin in partnership with Wisconsin Humanities. Additional support comes from Lowell and Mary Peterson of Appleton. Want to make sure you catch every Wisconsin Life story? Subscribe to our podcast. Find more Wisconsin Life at wisconsinlife.org and on Facebook and Instagram. I'm Maureen McCollum. And that'll do it. Thanks for joining us for Wisconsin Today. I'm your host, Alex Crow. Our producers are John Davis and Bridget Bowden. Of course, you can catch us wherever you get your podcasts every weekday morning. As always, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.